0: Colossians and we're going to look at chapter 1 verses 1 through 14 this evening. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 1 through 14 because the Bible is a great source for learning about the early church but it's also in the letters they serve as a gauge for us today as the church and we are the church the church comprised of people not the buildings. So here in verses 1 through through two, we have the Apostle Paul's greeting. And it says, I, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this is a common greeting from the Apostle However, Paul never knew these believers, which is pretty amazing. He he never knew these believers. He never met these uh, that he's addressing here. He only knew of reports of them and what was going on at the church. And in this particular text, we will hear the words we have heard here in the letter. As Paul had heard about this church. But Paul first starts here by addressing the authority by which he is writing this letter. He is writing it by the authority of the will of God. You see, as Christians, as Christians, we must have a dependency on the will of God. We need to trust the will of God. And as God has a will for us, we as Christians need to submit to it. We, as Christians, need to submit to it. You see, there's a divine will from God, but it also comes with human submission. So human submission and the divine will of God, they always go together. The Word of God go together. We even see this in the life of Christ. So it isn't uncommon for Christians. We see it in the life of Christ. Remember Jesus in His prayer in Gethsemane? Although Jesus is God in human flesh, He still submitted Himself to the will of the Father in His humanity. So, as Christians, we must, as Christ did, have a dependency on the Scriptures and live them out as divinely received. We have to receive God's Word and put it to practice. Yet in in this flesh, I must submit myself, even at the cost of great expense. But here, notice where Paul is addressing here, those in Christ as a family. Those in Christ, Paul is addressing as a family. He calls Timothy his brother. He calls the church saints and faithful brethren. We also see in other scriptures in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 7, Paul says, But I was gentle among you just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So you see, the Bible speaks as a church of a family. The Word of God puts a great emphasis on our family roles and responsibilities that we have for one another. You see, we're not... To be separate, we are a family. We should be as family. We should function function as a family. You see the Bible in Titus chapter 2 verses 1 through 8, the scriptures address the young. The scriptures address the old men as well as the women, young and old, about our responsibilities that we have towards one another. We have responsibilities towards one another. The young and the old alike scripture addresses how we should speak to each other scripture tells us that our speech should be sound and appropriately edifying we should be building each other up the scripture addresses our even our conduct that we should be ro- we should be we should model what is taught in the scriptures and live it out rather than what is trending in the world You see, Scripture addresses our responsibilities as Christians that we have towards one another. We have an awesome responsibility to each other. To the older men, the Bible says that we're to be sober. We're to be reverent. We're to be temperate. We're to be sound in faith, in love, and in patient. To the older women, likewise, the Bible says that they are too to be reverent in behavior not slanderers, not given to wine, teachers of good things, that they, admo- that they may admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. And likewise, the Bible addresses the young men, the young men to be sober-minded in all things, Showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned. That one who is opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say about you. That's what we're called to live. Great responsibility we have towards one another. And I thank the Lord for the family relationships we have here in the church. And we should be building on these relationships. We should be encouraging one another as we see the days approaching. And I thank the Lord for our church and our family. You see, I'm praying for our roles and our responsibilities that we have towards one another in this family. But here in the text, Paul goes on, on verse 3 through 6, he says... We give thanks to God the fa- God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying for you, always praying for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ and your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the world in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it as it has also in the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is among you since the day you heard it and knew it, the grace of God in truth. But here we, we see Paul's prayer, Paul's prayer for his church. But it, you notice how he says, we give thanks. It wasn't just Paul. It was, it was Timothy in the church he was with. He said, we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in prayer, we should be grateful as his people. Grateful for the acceptance and understanding of the gospel. We're called to know the gospel, accept the gospel, and understand the gospel. But the second point here is Paul was continually praying for the people. Praying always for you. And as God has called us to a family, we need to be praying for each other. As we've been going over prayer over the last couple of weeks, we should continually give ourselves to praying and thanking the Lord for each other uh, so that the body of Christ would accept and understand the gospel. But Paul was a a continuous, uh, continuing in prayer for these particular believers. He didn't even know them. But they were that important to him. You know, how much more should we be praying for each other and continuously praying for the body of Christ here? But the third point, Paul here, it says, we have heard your faith in, of your faith in Christ. See, they accepted the Lord and they were living in such a way that they heard of their faith in Christ. And I pray that that could be said of us. That they could say that, man, they they have faith in Jesus Christ. But the next point here is, we have heard of your love for all their saints. They loved one another. Paul heard that, man, these these believers, they love one another. They love God and they love each other. You know, I'm praying that, that they would, the outside and those in other churches would hear of our love for one another and the work of God's spirit. So they Paul said, "We've heard of your love for all the saints. You see their works and their words matched their works and their words match." And he said here in the text, Paul said, "Hope is laid up for you in heaven." You see they had a biblical view of themselves. And that this wasn't their home. Their hope was in heaven. It wasn't just here, but they heard it through the word of truth in the gospel. But here in verse 7, it says that as you have also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who was also declared to us your love in the spirit. But look at the testimony here of Epaphras. Paul calls him a faithful servant. He was a teacher. They were students. They they were at his feet. They they, They were learning. They were growing in the grace and the knowledge of him. But Paul addressed him as our dear fellow servant, beloved, a beloved one. That he is a faithful minister of Jesus Christ on your behalf. And I, and I thank the Lord for Pastor Joe. For 20 years being faithful on your behalf. Teaching you the word of God. Chapter by chapter. Verse by verse. And we, we, we thank you. We thank the Lord for him he's a faithful minister and and may that be said of us who minister that we are faithful that we're beloved and that we are doing things to cause the people to grow that we serve the the lord by serving god's people but paul goes on here in verse 9 through 11 concerning the church he says because of this report has uh, he had received from a papyrus It says, for this reason also, since the day we heard it, again, we heard it, their faith in Christ and their love for one another. He said, I do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to the glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. So, a great biblical prayer here as Paul prayed for this church. And you know what? This should be our prayer for each other. Number one, that we would be filled with. With the knowledge of his will. That we would grow in wisdom and spiritual understanding. As as Paul was praying for this church. That they would be filled with the knowledge of his will. You know I, I want to be filled. You know Paul here was talking about being filled. Are you filled? Are you filled with the knowledge of his will and wisdom and spiritual understanding? I, I admit I need to grow. You know I I, I need to pour myself out and, and give myself to the Lord so that he could fill me. And that's our prayer for the church. As Paul was praying that they would be filled, we're praying that we would be a filled church, filled with wisdom and spiritual understanding. Number two, that we as a church would walk worthy of the Lord. You know, God here in the in his prayer, he's, he's praying that they would walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. I got to ask myself this question. Am I walking worthy of the Lord? Am I fully pleasing him? And and I, and I need to pray and be honest, Lord, I want to walk worthy. I want to fully please you do that work of your spirit in me. Number three, Paul prayed that they would be fruitful in every good work and that they would be increasing in the knowledge of God. That's our prayer. Lord, Lord, I pray that we're fruitful. Am I fruitful? I got to take inventory. Am I fruitful in every good work? Am I increasing in the knowledge of God? The only way we as a church are going to be increasing in the knowledge of God is we're getting in the Word. You know, hey, maybe I wasn't in the Word as much last year. Hey, I have a a new start, a new start, new year. May we be growing. But Paul's fourth point here to the church is that they would be strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. Man, I want to be strengthened. I'm going to pander. Who wants to be strengthened in the Lord? I want to be strengthened in the Lord. And you know what? We have to ask. We have to submit ourselves that we might be strengthened according to His glorious power. Not 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 a power of the flesh but a power of the Spirit. The fifth point, that they would be, he he prayed, Paul prayed that the church would be equipped emotionally. Emotionally for all matters that require patience and long-suffering with joy. Man, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, I, I pray that As Paul prayed, that they would be strengthened, that they would have spiritual understanding, that they would walk uh, worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful, growing in the knowledge, and being strengthened with all His might according to His glorious power. Why? Because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. It talks about here about being uh, emotional matters, patience, long-suffering with joy. You see, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Or the new year will bring. But we want to fully be prepared for it. You see, we have what I call as milk. We have missing information and limited knowledge. M-I-L-K. Missing information and limited knowledge. But he doesn't. That's why I want to be in tune with him. I want to be hearing his word. I want to pray. I want to talk to him. I want to be strengthened for him because he knows what tomorrow will bring. He knows what I need. You see, he's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's ever. He knows all things. So I could depend upon him, and he's all powerful. He's omnipotent. So we could come to him as a church, as a people. But here in verse twelve through fourteen, Paul concludes his prayer and address to this church by saying, once again, in verse twelve giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. For he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins." But again, Paul here again is giving thanks to the Father. He's praising the Father for these precious saints. But he's also here pointing them to remember who has qualified them to be partakers of an inheritance in the saints, in the light. He's reminding them that you're saved by grace through faith, that not of yourselves is a gift of God. God has given us a tremendous gift. It's not our righteousness that gets us to heaven. It's not our works. It's by repentance and faith that qualifies us to be partakers of an inheritance in heaven. But Paul here, the third point, remembering, we always have to remember that He, Jesus Christ, has delivered us from a power of darkness. There is a power of darkness. And He has conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So we need to remember Christ in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. We have forgiveness of sins because of Him. So may we be a church that is faithful. You know, as I read this uh, text and I was going over it this week. Man, there's a lot of a lot of F's in here. May we be faithful. God has called us to be faithful. And yielding to his will. Number two. May we be faithful in our characteristics and our relationships among one another. Number three. May we be continual recipients of God's grace and His peace and the peace from the Father. May we continue to be in His will. Number four, may we be faithful in our love for Jesus and a love for each other, for His people. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says, Above all things, have fervent love for one another. You know, we need to pray, Lord, may we have a love for one another, a love for God's people, a love for each other. The fifth point, may we be focused and have an unclouded uh, focus on the future. As Paul said, there is laid up for you in heaven an inheritance. You know, we have to look at this. We can't see this world as our home. We're just going through. Heaven's our home. We're recipients of a heavenly kingdom, of an inheritance. Number six, may we be faithful and focused and committed to sharing the gospel. You know, that, that's our, our mission as a church, to share the gospel. And the gospel is, is simply we're sinners and we're undeserving. We can't go out into heaven by our own, our own righteousness, our works. That's why we need a Savior, and that's why 2,000 years ago, God himself put on skin like a hand puts on a glove, lived a perfect life and died in our place. Substitutional righteousness, his perfect life for my sinful life. My sinful life was put on the cross. His perfect life is put to my account when I repent and I just simply realize I'm a sinner and I could die tomorrow and without Christ, I will spend eternity in hell. But in Christ, I have an inheritance. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And we have to pray, Lord, help me to share the good news. Help me to be equipped and sharing and keeping faithful and focused and committed in sharing the gospel. The seventh point, may we be faithful in our service. May we be faithful ministers as Epaphras was. The eighth point. May there be findings of our faith by others. In other words, remember, Paul never knew these Christians, but he heard about their faith. May there be findings of our faith by others outside. May they know that you are believers by your actions and by your words. May your words and your works match. We pray that that's a work of the Holy Spirit. But Paul said, for this reason... We also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, to pray for one another, but that they would hear of of our faith. The ninth point, may we be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Man, be that vessel tonight, tomorrow. Be that vessel where God can fill and just, just say, God, fill me. Fill me like never before. I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but I want to be filled. I don't want to be empty. The ninth point, I'm sorry, the 10th point, may we be found walking worthy of the Lord. May we have unblemished lives, unblemished lives. Number 11, may we be found fully pleasing him. And number 12, may we be fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And remember, we're forgiven. We're forgiven. All we simply do is we say, God, forgive me. And we still have to maintain that attitude of, of coming before the Lord and asking for forgiveness. Every Sunday morning, I have a pastor friend who's a 1,000 miles away, and we pray for each other and I get a text about 5 a.m. every Sunday morning. I text, we text each other. And we encourage one another. And we, we pray for each other's congregation. And the text I got last Sunday at 5 a.m. Was addressed to me. It, and I'm going to read it to you. And it says, TQ. That's what they call me. TQ. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 1. As dead flies... Putrefy the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. So does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. Just a small amount of sin is enough to contaminate the whole congregation. Pray for my heart. Pray for our hearts. It says, Even a small amount of sin is enough to contaminate the whole congregation. You see, we're joint and knit together. I see those relationships, how important they are. Just a small amount of sin is enough to contaminate the whole congregation. Just a microscopic virus can affect and cripple a whole body. Just like a hole in a tire can stop an entire car. Just like one F on a test can lower your GPA. Just like one penalty, one interception, one injury, one bad call blown can blow the entire team's chance of victory. Do not let the little things we allow in our lives to stink up the fragrance of Christ that you are. May we take time as we approach this new year to allow the Holy Spirit to search us and to remove the things we've allowed in our lives to stink up our testimony for Christ. How can we grow closer with Christ this year? Think about that. How can I grow closer with Christ this year? Or what needs to be uprooted or cut off in my life? We need to think about that. My pastor friend, close not knowing you. He said, I'm praying for you this morning that God would fill you afresh with His Holy Spirit and overflow His love through you and your congregation. I love you. Love one another. Finish well. Finish fruitful. Finish full. Alan Redpath once said, the Christian who is pure is powerful. But the man who is compromising is spiritually impotent. May we be pure. May we be powerful. You see, it's not our power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. And this is what we pray. And the last F, we need to forsake sin for His glory. Hebrews chapter 12 talks about an amazing group of of people in the Bible. Some amazing, uh, amazing characters. And then after he's done addressing those, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run the race with endurance the race that is set before us. That is our prayer. That we as Christians would be faithful. And that we would finish fruitful. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. And Father, we thank you for the work that you began in Philippians 1.6. says that you're faithful to complete it. Father, we pray, Lord, as, as we read about this church... May it be seen in the lives that we live. May you be glorified. May we take inventory this evening as this is the last day of the year. But Father, we we know that you desire to do a work in us. Father, may we be faithful until you come. May we finish well. May we finish in the power and the strength of of your Holy Spirit. Father, not of ourselves, Lord. Father, may we not run by perspiration, but by inspiration and the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that you promised us that you would give us the power of your Holy Spirit to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Father, we thank you for the scriptures that tell us that uh, your power work till all generations. That you're more than able, Father. We pray for an outpouring of Your Holy Spirit, Lord, on Your people. That we would be fresh. That we would the overflow of our lives of what You do in us would flow into our relationships. So, Father, we pray, Lord, that You would turn the spigot on. And, Father, that we would be recipients. Father, that there would be removed anything that doesn't please you. And, Father, may we finish well. So, Father, we pray, Lord, that you are glorified and that your church would edify, be edified, one another. Father, that each joint, each person in the body would cause each other to grow. Father, we thank you for this year. We thank you for 20 years with here with Pastor Joe. We pray, Lord, you bless him with so many more years, Lord. Father, we thank you for him. We thank you for the work that you've done in the families. We thank you for the work that you're going to do. So, Father, we pray, Lord, that we would be faithful to the ministry you've called us to, Lord. Bless these families, Lord. And Father, we we pray, Lord, for an awesome outpouring of your Holy Spirit because we do not know the future. So, Father, we love you, we thank you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.